to the fourth official soccer podcast. My name is Borio Demi, and I'm joined uh, again by uh, Manny and Justin. Um, this is the second part of our Euros 2021 preview. In the last episode, we previewed groups A to C, um, and now we're going to move on to the next three groups, uh, which are groups D to F. Um, before we start, Justin or Manny, I'm, I'm trying to get a sense of how you're feeling so far about groups A to C. I think we highlighted a bunch of really interesting potential matchups, some dark horse candidates, and some potential flop candidates. So I think we, we covered the gamut for the first three groups, and I'm looking forward to talking about, uh, really, I think this is these are the three groups that we're about to talk about, or at least two of these three groups. I think are the ones that most people are interested in. So I'm looking forward to covering those ones. Wait a minute. Are, are you suggesting that the winner of this whole tournament will come from the last three groups? That's what everybody I think is suspecting. And mm. yeah, I'll include myself with that too. Yes. Remember we've talked about Belgium and Denmark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm just going to leave it there. I don't I'm know. Yeah. Leave. Well, I, th- I think that we could potentially see, Two of the four, semif- three of the four semifinalists coming from these three team, these three uh, groups that we're about to talk about. Interesting, interesting. Wow. Okay, that's a very bold prediction. But let's let's continue. So again, the format here is we're going to go through each group and just talk about just everything about that group, right? Um. So the first group, uh, the the first group we're talking about today is, is Group D. So starting with Group D, we have Croatia, Czech Republic, England, and Scotland. Um, this is for me the most boring group. Um, honestly, like <laughs> I, I, I can't believe they like when they when they came up with it, when this group was said, they should have like they should have just been like, wait, let's just start again. Let let's just start this whole thing again. I mean, how boring could this group be? I mean, am I the only one that's in this uh, bandwagon of a, a boring? Corey, group? you're the only one in this in this episode and the only one possibly period in the world who thinks that this is the most boring group okay this is the group come that on. most people are excited about i think well this and obviously the other one a group f but yeah and and let me and let me just say bori that i think it's funny you say that because you actually say that this is the most boring group except for the bookmakers and the odds have the winner of the entire tournament coming out of this group and oh where, where are those are, people where, where are those people based? Where are those those people based? Huh. Well, I'm just letting you know that the latest okay. odds as of actually earlier today, the odds that came out, England is now the favorite to win at four to one odds, followed by France at five to one oh, odds. God. Followed by Belgium. The, the people this odds betting thing are English. All of them are English. I mean, so yes. Yes, it does. Look, like, I think England is so overhyped for this tournament, just based relative relative to all the other teams on, in this tournament. I think England are very overhyped in this tournament. Are you I just mean, mad the fact that, that uh, are you mad that Trent Alexander-Arnold isn't on the squad? Is this why? Is this why, Bori? <laughs> Do you have something against England? No, it's because I, I don't have the Lingardino is not in the squad. <laughs> Uh, yes, and we have to talk about that. We do have to talk about that because I, I actually think that that is a mistake from uh, whatever his name is. I, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. Um, that is a mistake to not include Lingard. Yeah, you need to ride on that wave of the the players, uh, of, his, of his, um sorry, you need to ride on the wave of his um, 
fitness and how how well he's played for West Ham. I mean, he literally. I I mean, I think he literally carried West Ham. So he does have it in him, and and the fact that you take him out I, to me doesn't make any sense. And I think Southgate doesn't know what he's doing. To be honest, I genuinely think Southgate doesn't know what he's doing. I think it's just in the World Cup he was just lucky. I'm sorry. I know English fans are gonna hate me for this, but he was just lucky. I mean, we look, look looking at the midfielders that he took, right? He took Bellingham. I'm not saying Bellingham is not is not good, but he doesn't have the experience that Lingard has. Has he took Calvin Phillips? Okay, he took Declan Rice over Lingard, and he took jo- Jordan Henderson. Okay, maybe Jordan Henderson has that experience, but these are not players that you pick over Lingard, given the season that they've had, right? So. That that is my that is my beef with England. So how much did Lingard play with the national team in the past year? I'm wondering, did that have something to do with it? I would tell you, I would tell you, he played uh, like the last three games they played. I think he played all all three games. I believe maybe he missed one of them, but I mean, it's also also I think uh, Southgate was just trying to see if he's going to be able to join the team. And I, I honestly, like, when they took him out of the team, he still played in the friendly, and I was so confused why that was the case. It doesn't make sense. So you're saying you're questioning Southgate's uh, acumen so, as manager. So you're, yes. you're, you're saying yes. you wouldn't bring, uh, well, it was four, but now three right-backs to a tournament like this? It was supposed to be four, right? I know, initially, it was four. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. If Arnold Alexander was not injured, there will be four right backs. Like, how does that make any sense? You, you tell me that. I mean, I know England tried. No, I think that you know sometimes they play four in the four in the back. Sometimes they play three in the back. So in that case, Kyle Walker can play you know the the right center back right. position. Yeah. So technically and then you could play uh, uh, Alexander as a right midfielder or like a, wing, a right wing back right so so that does make sense in, in that case but come on you know well looking at defenders look sorry sorry before you go the thing that really pisses me off right if you look at what Cody kind of Cody played this season versus what Fikari Tomori played this season who would you pick on your team and I'm, I'm generally I'm I, I know you may think I, I have that that Milan bias. Think about it. If you have to compare Cody from Wolves versus Fikayo Tomori from AC Milan, what they played this season, who would you pick? I think the silence says it. No, I I agree with you, Bori. I just I I can't believe I'm saying that I actually agree, and I can't believe I found myself agreeing this much with you on a on an episode. <laughs> we've been recording. Um, I do think that Southgate, I, everything you said, I agree with it. I think they got lucky in the World Cup. Um, I think they had a much easier, a really easy um, uh, path, um, you know, to the, what was it, to third place, um, to a third place finish. So I think they got lucky there. And I, I genuinely think that this is, this squad is just too talented um, for uh, someone of uh, Southgate's caliber. Um, having said that, though, um, I I don't think that he quite knows what he wants to play, like what system he wants to roll out, who he's going to play. Um, and I think that comes with, you know, just the last minute additions and, um, you know, cuts that had to be made from the from the squad as well. Um, you know, bar the Trent Alexander-Arnold injury as well. Um, I'm looking at the squad right now, 
you you mentioned a few names in midfield that you felt like shouldn't be there, you know, the likes of like Declan Rice or Calvin Phillips. And honestly, I, I disagree. I think those guys have had phenomenal years um, for their for their squads. Uh, for, and I think they play specific roles on the team depending on what formation uh, Southgate wants to roll out. So I think those guys are integral. Um, now, Jordan Henderson is, I think, the one where, uh, along with uh, Jude Bellingham, I think those, those are the ones that uh, were kind of like, you know, question marks or had me scratching my head. Um, at the same time, at forward, I don't see uh, one Patrick Bamford, who I think deserved to be called up based on his current form. If we're going to be talking about Lingard and his form, I think Patrick Bamford was another one that should have made the squad, but didn't. Instead of that's the thing that I was like, instead I agree. Of, yeah, I agree with a lot of these. Th- the call out for Lingard, the call out for um, Tamari, the call out for yeah, and for Bamford. But um, I know Bori has his thoughts in the defensive situation. But for the other two, it is I, I, looking at the squad and what it seems to suggest for what Southgate is thinking. I think, which is it looks like he's going to probably favor the three at the back. And kind of having uh, uh, only like a couple of um, box to box midfielders potentially in the middle. Given, let's make, let's say that assumption is correct. Like, who are you going to take out to bring in Bamford, for instance? I would honestly, um, I would leave Marcus Rashford out, to be honest with you. Wow. He's injured. He's injured. He's playing with an injury. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Let me. Yeah, let me get to that. That's exactly why. Um, in the Europa League final, they actually, I think he ended up getting injured, and they actually made a note of it afterwards that he had to have, like, some type of, like, scans or something, and it showed some type of injury, though minimal, still an injury nonetheless. Um, why would you, A, risk getting further injured, you know, and and B, um, why are you going to go if you're not if you know you're not 100%? Like I get that you know these are competitive players and they want to show up and they want to get a chance. But if I'm Southgate, I'm not even taking the chance of like playing him, knowing that hey he might get injured and I might have to sub him out, and that's a waste of a sub, you know, um, or just lining him up as a starter. I don't know if he's going to be a starter. He has been, and you know, leading up to some of these games, um, but that that's who I would have taken out. Yeah, quick question. You just made me think of something. Is Euro, first of all, it's Euro 2020, Boris, also uh, for the record. <laughs> it's, it's Euro 2020 in 2021. 2021. <laughs> but um, is Euro 2020 a three? 2021. <laughs> is it a three substitution or five substitution tournament? How many subs did they get? Uh, that's a very good question. I, I, I would leave that to Manu to, to research that before, yeah. I, because I was going to say something before before we yeah. actually go into that. Um, yeah, and ask, this is why. And go ask Jeeves, um, because I think that's <laughs> going to change. That really changes things, because the the five substitution, if that is the case, given how chaotic and long and uh, packed the schedule was for the the last year, I, I the teams that have depth. That have lots of good players also on the bench that they can call up. I think that nice. the f- five substitutions is, is going to like really, really. It is five. It is. Manny's five. confirming. Yeah. So 
that kind of changes my outlook for England a little bit, actually, because they, whatever you want to say, they have a lot of depth and a lot of positions. Well, compared to Belgium and France, I don't, I don't think they're like, okay. No, in, right. in, Hold on. Let, let, let's take a step back real quick. Sure. So let's look at their depth. Okay. You have Ben White. Okay. okay. In Not in every position. <laughs> Not in every okay. position. All right. I'll stop there then. <laughs> in the right, so, back, so, in right back, back they have a lot of depth <laughs> <laughs> I, I, let, let me actually let, let's quickly go back to the Marcus Rashford thing first of all here, here's why I'm pissed about and I don't know what went on behind the scenes and I can't obviously I can't tell what actually went on behind the scenes right but Marcus Rashford has a surgery scheduled for after this tournament I believe I believe that was the case. I think I read that somewhere. And 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 United are not happy with that. What, for, second thing Rashford has to understand is the World Cup is just next year. Okay. If you mess up your 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 foot now, or, and you get even you aggravate the injury, then you're ruining your chances of going to the World Cup. Which is, to be honest, and I'm sure no one's taking offense to this, the World Cup is more prestigious than the freaking Euros. So in my opinion, if I were Southgate. I'm sorry, Rashford. I would put you in for the World Cup, but this time around you have to you have to step step out and then bring in Bamford. Bamford had a tremendous season, and the fact that he's not in the squad in the force, I understand it's very t- tough because you have DCL, Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling. I wouldn't consider him like a forward. I'll consider him, you know, like a left wing winger, and that's why he's really there. But I would, I personally would have taken out Bellingham. Or uh, I would have taken out Calvin Phillips, then switch Raheem Sterling as one of the midfielders. I mean, it doesn't no, matter where you, can't you do that. where you put him, and then bring him back forward. I, I think that's why I've done. I, I think I that's mean, what you have Henderson coming back from injury. Uh, then you have Declan Rice. I mean, you need the other players. You need Bellingham and you need Phillips. I think because I don't, I don't, I don't get. It's really going to compared to and, Lingard. I, I think no, but you need Lingard, you need players who can who can defend also. Who can go yeah. both ways? And that's why Declan Rice field. and Calvin Phillips. Are well, there. well, Link. I mean, you also have Jordan Henderson to do that, right? To go back, but Lingard, worked very hard in West Ham. If if you saw the season, he was he was going back and forth. But I, I yeah, just but that's not but that's not what that's forte is. That's not what he's known for. So, like I said, I, I think the squad selection because it is so bizarre and curious like that it, it gives some insight to what Southgate is f- thinking now that being said you're going to see them like roll out this weekend with like a 4-3-3 and then we're gonna be like I don't know what the hell Southgate is thinking I, I, who knows actually you know I, I would that I want to sorry one thing that I want to bring up is like I'm looking at the squad the final list of squad there's at least three or four players that were that are currently injured were injured are still injured or Recovering from injury, um, the likes of, the, yeah, Harry Maguire, right? Uh, you already called out Jordan Henderson. You called out Marcus Rashford. Uh, uh, I, was Luke Shaw one of them as well? I yeah, I was going to say, is Luke Shaw even fit? I, I thought Luke Shaw was not fit. I thought he was also, he also got injured in the in the Europa League final. So I just find it really interesting how you would still take the gamble on some of these players with their fitness levels because they haven't played any competitive minutes. And we all know that training is not the same as playing a, a full match, you know, a competitive match. So, yeah. um, a, again, that's why I think maybe uh, Cody got in 
um, you know, to cover McGuire, for example, or Ben White, for example, as well. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, so all this, all that being said, all this ragging that we just did on them, uh, England finished top of this group. So no, no, they're finishing. <laughs> no, they're finishing fourth. Right, sure. Uh, <laughs> no. no. Oh, see, and this is why Saka. You just group. get the ball. Just get the ball to Saka, and he'll pull off. I'm calling Saka with the hat trick against uh, Czech Republic. I don't think Saka plays. No, against Croatia. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, don't I don't think, think Saka plays in, in this I don't team. Think Saka against plays both. Either. Maybe, maybe a sub. Maybe he'll be a sub. A I super suppose. sub. That, that's all right. He only needs uh, 20 minutes, and he'll <laughs> get the hat trick. Since there are five subs, I think he would definitely get in as a sub. But, I mean, it's hard to bench Mason Mount unless he's tired. It's hard to bench, I think, Jack Grealish. I mean, even though he just came from a lengthy injury himself, um, Jack Grealish is hard to bench. Um, man, I just, I'm not excited about this midfield. I just, I, I don't, I think they can do better than this midfield. That's why I'm just, I'm just like, I'm so confused, to be honest. Um, anyways, all right, I've done a lot of, of, of ragging on, on Southgate. Um, do we want to talk about Croatia and and their their lack of urgency to win games? <laughs> yes, Croatia um, aging squad, I think yeah. is the is the overall theme here. Um, this group is predominantly the same group. Actually, I'm looking at the names. It's literally like ninety five percent, ninety ninety five percent the same exact group that. Uh, was in the World Cup, and I think at that point it was like they were most of them were in their peak, in their prime, and now we're looking at the names, you know, um, Modric and um, some of these other players like uh, or Orsic, um, Vlasic. All those players are like Versalco, like they're older players now. You know, they're like on the yeah. on the wrong side of like. 30 you know and yeah i think like that's going to really come into play uh we saw with the world cup they had a lot of heart um they had a lot of heart and i think like they played together collectively and that's what made them go really far but i just don't see them pulling off um a tournament uh like they did Uh, that doesn't mean that i don't think they'll advance out of the group stage i just I don't think they're going to get very far, unfortunately. Yeah, it's this is kind of a last ride for the golden generation, and I think they're kind of treating it, uh, treating the tournament that way. I have my doubts about them making it into the knockout phase. Actually, maybe they can get a third place berth. No, I think I think the group they're in. I, I think because they're playing teams like Scotland. Um, and and they're playing, uh, you know, Czech Republic, and no, I, we'll talk about Czech Republic soon. Um, I, I think they will definitely qualify. I, I think they will, they will qualify. I think they're mentally tired. I think players like like obviously, I think the midfield is is the is the prize money for Croatia. I mean, you have Modric, Brozovic, who just won won Scudetto with Inter Milan. Uh, we have Pasalic, who I don't really rate, and then we have Perisic. I mean, th- those four alone, and you have Kovacic. I mean, I'm not good. like Kovacic, excellent player. Um, so. They do have the midfield, and and they, I think they will definitely every team they play, maybe except with the exception of England, they will definitely control that midfield, right? Um, and I think that was that would be the difference between them and every other team that they play in that group. But I think from a mentality point of view, I think they're tired, um, because you can see that with all the the games they've been playing, like you know before this game, 
uh, before uh, before the, the Euros, they've, 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 they've tied with Armenia. Um, no offense to them. Uh, they've lost to Slovenia. Um, they've, they've barely gone past, you know, uh, teams like, you know, uh, Sweden, um, who, you know, th- they lost to uh, uh, away, but they, they beat them at home. So I think Croatia is tied mentally. I mean, that run they made in 2018 probably just drained them out and, and that's it. Like, they're, they're done. Um, and I think that's why they won't get far. Uh, and so I'm, I'm with you all when, when you say that I don't, I don't think they will get far, but I think they'll definitely make it out of the group because they have to play the likes of Scotland. You know, hey, I, I'm don't sleep on Scotland. I, I think Scotland is another maybe really I'm going to couch I'm it in very tentative language. No maybe way. dark horse surprise. They'll they'll. I think they could surprise in the group. Not maybe not in the knockout stage. <laughs> I, I I think Scotland's zero points. That's a that's a, seg- that's a perfect segue. Let, let's go into that. Let's uh let's uh take a look at their their squad. So. Well, Justin, what, what, b- before what we do that, before that we do that, think? oh, go, actually, that's, that's fine. You, you all go ahead. I mean, they lost to Israel. I just want to point that out, but sure, sure. Let's go ahead. Um, so they are way overloaded on one side of the pitch and they're really dependent on two players in particular, making things happen up the left wing for their team. And then on the right side, it's, a uh, a little not so threatening, I think, for the opposition. So obviously on the left side, they they switched now to playing three at the back, and then it's almost exclusively, I think, so that you can get Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney on the field at the same time. Um, that's literally that's the reason why, why they play the formation they play. That's why you read them because of Tierney, huh? I think well, I think Tierney and Robertson. I I'm I'm excited to see how they work in tandem because I haven't watched I didn't watch Scotland during their qualifying campaign, but uh, that's like you have a kind of a, a one-two punch on that left-hand side with both those players probably making ventures forward, and then you have you have a player like McTominay in the middle, um, and then in terms of who excites you on this squad, that's kind of it. But I I think what you left out their best player. Billy uh, Gilmore. Billy Gilmore. Billy the kid Gilmore. Please let's not bring let's not bring fa- uh, uh, club bias into this. I mean, where are the goals gonna come from? That that's what I want to know. I mean, Che Adams. I mean, not saying he's not a good player, but well, he's not. Basically, great... I think their game plan is gonna rely on real, literally like Robertson and Tierney like putting it on a plate for someone. Just <laughs> that's that's kind of what their thought I, is. I think. I feel like so it's dead these, situation for this team. Yeah, I was going to say Scotland uh, is going to have like, you know, is going to be averaging the most crosses in this entire yes. tournament. I think <laughs> that's probably true. Be, it's literally just going to be like cross after cross after cross, uh, you know, and hoping that one of Shea Adams or I don't know, anyone else gets on the end of it. Um I don't know. I, they have some notable players on the squad. Uh, you know, uh, Stuart Armstrong, John McGinn, John Flack, uh, Ryan Fraser is on this team as well. But I, I, I just I don't see them having, you know, being able to to go toe to toe with some of the others in the group. And well, I think this might be. Oh, man, is this the group that I say that doesn't make it out? 
of this particular. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go and say that uh, Scotland's the one that ends up um, in fourth place. In this I, I think Croatia and Czech Republic are both also kind of kind of weak teams. So, I mean, Croatia, not for lack of quality, but just because you have so many older players uh, and a lot of pl- older players who also are pretty have significant roles in their clubs. So they might be feeling the effects of that. And Scotland is just going to, you know, they, they don't score a lot, but they also don't allow a lot of goals. So I think they, they could just surprise someone. And again, kind of like what we were talking about with North Macedonia in the last episode, I think they might just ruin somebody else's day. But I mean, this is. I'm starting to. Th- I'm starting to come around to what Bory was saying about how this is like his least favorite group. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, when I saw this group, I was like, "Why is this group even like? It's just taking this group out of this yeah. whole thing. Like, like let let's let's watch the rest. I, I don't want to talk about um um Czech Republic. I mean, I know nothing about them, so I'm not gonna act like I I know anything about them. But I do want to call out. Do we think Suchek? Is going to be the same Suchek that we know of West Ham. Because if that's the case, it's just cross the ball and Suchek is there to head it in. No, yeah. I mean, you, they have they have other players too. They have uh, they have Patrick, Patrick Shit as well. Uh, Vidra. Matea Vidra from, from Burnley, who's, if you guys have watched him, he's you know, pretty good as well. I, I think they do have uh, a few players on here that, um, that again, I think they edge out um, the likes of uh, Scotland. So I actually have them. Uh, it'd be one, obviously England. Um, two would be the Croatia. I'll put Croatia and then Czech Republic in three. And thank you, Scotland, for showing up. Uh, Scot- <laughs> I mean, Scotland doubled up on the Czech Republic. They beat Czech Republic twice in the Nations League in the past year. So I, I think it's Czech Republic that's going to finish bottom of the group. And then I think cool. England number one, and then I... I he, he I'll say Croatia say number Scotland two. Second. He no, you know, fine, second. screw it, screw it. Scotland second. <laughs> Ooh. Scotland draws oh, draws Croatia, beats Czech Republic, um, loses to England, and gets through on goal difference or something. Hey, I'm glad we were vaccinated, so you can buy me you can buy me dinner. We can go out to eat dinner and you buy everything for me uh, when when Scotland finishes finishes last in that group. Um, all right, let, let's move on. I'm with Manny. I think I have the same same exact order of winners you know of 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 the group uh in group d let's move on to group e um in this group we have poland slovakia spain and sweden this is also kind of a boring group but it's more interesting because you know we have spain i'm so sad that zlatan cannot is not going to be playing for sweden even though initially he was going to be playing but now he's not playing for sweden so that's very sad because if he was there then you know this tournament is going to be all about group e uh, and then we have poland um, you know, Poland is Poland, but I think the breaking news here is is with Spain. Um, and and I think uh, I will let Manny take the, the stage here. There there are really two pieces of news news here for Spain. Um, Manny, do you wanna do you wanna go ahead with that? 
Yeah, so the two pieces of news, as I mentioned um, in our last um, podcast, is that Spain is actually the first team um, that has presented um, uh, positive cases of COVID. Uh, for Spain, it's actually uh, Sergio Busquets and uh, Llorente who have um, tested positive. And as such, um, as a result, Spain has actually gone up and called up a few players to train in a parallel bubble just in case those players are not able to recover in time so that they can then um, join the squad if need be. One of them is actually, as we were discussing, uh, Luis Enrique had made the choice, um, the interesting choice of taking uh, only filling 24 spots out of the 26 spots allotted. And one of them, as I predicted a few weeks ago, was going to be reserved for one ch- now champion of Europe, Kepa Arizabalaga. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I cannot <laughs> believe that guy has a Champions League trophy. I can't believe it. I still think about it every day. Um, and yeah, the so- other thing I want to I call out is, um, uh, even with all this news, with what's going on within you know their camp and trying to make sure that you know, they self-isolate and follow all the safety protocols. Um, Spain is actually the the fourth um, uh, rated team, our favorite team to to win the entire tournament um, at seven to one odds, which I find really interesting because they are at this moment in time, they are favored above the likes of Italy, Germany and Portugal. You said seven to one odds? I think seven seven to one odds so they're at a 13 percent chance of winning the euro which is um higher than italy germany and portugal so i mean that's pretty close to uh six to nothing which is the scoreline they beat germany by in november so maybe it has something to do with why they're ranked higher than germany could be but i i think you know like a lot of things have changed that squad is completely different we've mentioned this as well this span this um uh, Spanish team has no, for the first time ever, no Real Madrid players, unless um, you know Luis Enrique decides to call up. You know, I, I don't know if I don't think he'd call up Ramos, but I think he would call up Nacho. possibly Nacho exactly. Um, and I mean, I, I, I mean, can he? I, I don't know. How's that work? He's he left two slots open, but aren't they locked in? So so that's. So Barring injury, I, I do want to call out is that so these are the rules based on what's going on because of COVID. So the final 26 man squad, the the rosters were all due on the January on uh, June 1st, right? And so even though the squads are submitted, um, there can be unlimited replacements before the first match in the event of an injury, like a serious injury, or um, a COVID-19 related illness, as we just mentioned. So uh, up until Friday, until the start of the tournament, if anything were to happen, let's say that the Busquets and Llorente don't recover in time, then they can just bring in other players as long as they uh, follow all the safety protocols in isolation. Right. So replacements, though, not additions. Like at this point, he can't fill out his squad uh, the way he should have. <laughs> the way Correct. he should have. It's interesting, but it's interesting to note that there is a rule that states that if a player is replaced, they cannot be re-added to the squad later. Yeah. Yep, that makes sense. So, how are you feeling? 
What's your gut hey, check then, Bori? How do you feel about so Spain? I, yeah, I was going to say this This might be – maybe we should have discussed this with uh, Southgate. Maybe Southgate is playing like 4D chess right now with all these rules, you know? He, he might know something we don't. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, if, if Southgate – maybe Southgate, Southgate is a genius. We'll see. Um, I actually feel bad for Spain. I, I mean, obviously, I love – I mean, their squad is stacked – I mean, I think they have so so many talent uh, from the goalkeepers to the forwards. Um, but yeah, this COVID thing is a, a a huge question mark. And I'm sorry, Luis Enrique. Maybe I'm not understanding how this works, but the fact that he's saving just 24 players, um, not sure why wh- what he's doing there. I don't know what he's trying to. Um, Ooh, like he's saying like. Hold some, on. I'm glad you said that because I want to read you the quote specifically. Yeah. Uh, that he said when he was asked about selecting 24 players instead of 26, he said, we don't want to take any more because we want everyone to have a chance of playing. And we know that only around 18 or 19 will actually play. End quote. Yeah. That is the dumbest. I, I, I find that very absurd. That, that I mean, obviously not everyone does not expect to play, but in the rare chance, and with COVID being a thing, in the rare chance that there's a blowout in the team or something bad happens, then you need this place to play together already to be in the same camp. Uh, but maybe that defeats the, the COVID purpose. I don't know. I just think it's a very interesting choice from him. And um, I hope that doesn't come back to bite him. I, I mean, it's kind of looking like it is coming back to bite him a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. But Spain, I, I don't understand how they're fourth. Uh right now i think um you know they deserve some more respect maybe they should be third favorite um no, no, I, I don't know I'm, I'm that was no. a total joke um i do want to call out one thing though um uh who do we think is going to be in goal uh david de gea or una simon uh de gea for better or worse he'll, i think it'll be de gea for ball distribution purposes <laughs> i mean like really oh. it's, that's like dependent on that's like how Spain's playing style is largely hasn't changed a great deal in over a decade now. And it depends on, you know, building from the back and short passes, tr- uh, passing triangles and stuff like that. So I think that Haya has better, uh, at least from Enrique's point of view, he's a better ball distributor. But what if they have penalties? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they don't go to 11. They don't go to. They don't need the eleventh player to take one. So, so two things that I want to, two things that I want to state. Uh, so, uh, I think there's a there's a fact out there uh, or a stat out there that David de Gea has not stopped a penalty. I think you might have mentioned it, Justin, um, in a podcast a few weeks ago. He hasn't stopped a penalty since like 2000 and like, I don't know, 17, 2018 or something like that. He hasn't stopped the yeah, penalty 18, that he's faced. I think he's faced like yeah. 30 plus. He hasn't stopped a single one. Um, and then the second thing, Bori, neither uh, De Gea nor uh, Unai Simón will be in goal because it's going to be Champions League winner Kepa Rizbalaga in goal. <laughs> How is this guy at Champions League? He's got he's got the pedigree. You can't you can't lie with silverware. Cannot uh-huh. cannot. No, I think it'll actually be Unai Simon based on the fact that it'll be fresh in everyone's mind that De Gea cannot stop 
you know, a, a PK. Um, and I don't know if um, Luis Enrique is willing to take that chance. So I actually think it'll be uh, Unai Simon. Yeah, I'm actually surprised De Gea was actually... I, 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 let me be real. Maybe he brings something else apart from his skills. But I'm surprised he was actually called up for this uh, squad. But um, let, let's let's move on to another team. Poland, uh, very interesting uh, team. Obviously, uh, we have the highest goal scorer for the season on that team. They look really... I mean, they they can score goals. That's for sure. But I don't know about that defense, right? Like, I think that's that's probably a, a problem for them. Um, but do we think... I'm, I'm making a bold prediction here. And I'm sorry that I'm going to do this to everybody that's listening. But I think Lewandowski is probably going to be going to flop in this tournament. Um, that That is what my gut tells me. Um, unfortunately, I don't want him to, but I think unfortunately he is—he's going to flop in this tournament, and not his fault, but just the team that he has to play with. Yeah. What do, you, what do you all think? I mean, he's had a phenomenal. <clears throat> excuse me. He's had a phenomenal uh, past, not just one, two seasons. He's been, I think, he should have uh, the best player in the world potentially, or you know, was up there in the argument for what he would have won the Blonde or if there, if it had been given out. But that being said, I kind of agree with you, Bori. Poland also historically in major competitions, they have disappointed. Uh, they did pretty good in Euro 2016, I think. I think they made it to the quarterfinals, but then obviously they bid big time flops in 2018 in Russia for the World Cup. And I, I kind of think that they look to deceive, you know, flatter to deceive in this tournament as well. I, I don't think they, they're, they're going to be as good as perhaps we would expect them to be when they, when you have a team with Lewandowski leading the front line. What do you think, Manny? Um, just looking at their squad, I mean, they do have some you know, notable players here. Um, obviously, they have one of the greatest keepers. Um, they're keeping... Alive, <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh, I thought but you were going to say Fabianski. There's a video when Fabianski was on <laughs> Arsenal. Uh, two, yeah, two Arsenal legends, not just one. But there's a there's a video of Fabianski um, when he came running out to midfield for some reason in the FA Cup final, like a few years back. There's a kind of a memed up video of that that I watch, I think almost on a weekly basis. I'll show you. I'll show it to you guys later. <laughs> But, <laughs> so, so with that, He's a legend. Said, Justin, who do you think starts in Fabianski or Chesney? Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, like you would think it would be Chesney, but I actually think that they they play with Fabianski pretty regularly in in goal. I'm just looking back to see like their most recent matches. I I think Chesney did not have a good season. I I saw some of the goals he conceded. Um, one of which was remember the 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 under the wall uh, goal that everyone uh, keeps blaming Ronaldo for for, yeah. for some reason, which I think a, a lot of the fault was also Chesney's fault. Um, yeah. But that I mean that's just one of it. But my point is Chesney is I don't think at least didn't have a good season, right? I don't know what's going on with him. I think Fabianski had a better season, um, given the the fact that West Ham was able to carry. You know, the team, he was able to carry the team for a long time this season, at least. And, and I think West Ham are in the Europa League, so which is more impressive than Chesney, 
you know, barely making the Champions League and had to d- rely on Napoli uh, tying the game on the last last day of Serie A. So Fabianski for me, better shot stopper. So, I, but obviously, like uh, Chesney also commands space and he he's a he's a leader and all. But I, I would go with Fabianski if I were the coach. Yeah, that's a good call out, Bori. Um, so <laughs> I guess the jokes aside, they they have uh, you know. Fabianski, Chesney, uh, Be- Jan Bednarak from Southampton, who's been one half of the tag team duo of that uh, solid Southampton uh, back line. Uh, they have Peter Zelensky, uh, Bori, which you know from Napoli as well. Yep. Uh, Gregor Krikoviak as well, who's you know played on a bunch of different teams in La Liga as well, and is you know on and leads. Uh, yeah, and, and and yep, and Matias. Um, Klish, Klich from Leeds as well, who's had a phenomenal season, and uh, of course, you know, um, Louis. So they do have some some notable players. Um, but again, I, I think that based on just the others in this group, like I'm just looking, and I know we're going to get to them as well, like Slovakia, I, I think like. They might be the group that ends up in, in, in last place and doesn't make it out. Wow. Yeah. More bold here. Yeah, that's very bold. Okay. Do we want to talk about the team that I'm actually kind of – I'm excited to watch them. I don't know how far they're going to get, but uh, Sweden. Ibrahimovic lists yeah. in Sweden. I, so – I mean that that is it that that is what separates Sweden from me choosing them as a second place winner of this group. I mean I know people make fun of the fact that you know like I, I obviously will support uh, Ibrahimovic because of Milan, but he definitely commands like the way he commands the team in terms of like hey you all are winners. The mentality he brings to the team is very crucial, but unfortunately they're not gonna have that, and I, I think that's gonna be a problem for them. Um, I still do think that they could be third, and depending on how they finish, they may, they may, uh, you know, win, you know, they may qualify for the next stage. But you never know. Like if other third place teams do better, then then they may get out that way. But I, I, I have them as a third place team. If Ibra, if Ibra was there, then I, I think second place for sure. They play super, like the most traditional. I think of any of the teams. Like they play like just a straight up four four two. No tricks, no gimmicks, just play the ball, like mixture of like over the top and uh, through the wings. And they leading the line is Wonder Kid, in my opinion. Um, yeah. What's the name? Isak. Alexander. Isak. Yeah, Isak. Alexander yep. Isak, who is super exciting player to watch. And they, in terms of like results, you know, they beat up on lesser teams. They beat up on Kosovo. They beat up on... Um, Finland. Then they 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 split the difference between uh, they they lost to Croatia, then beat them on the return leg, and then against really good teams like France and Portugal, they just get like walloped. They just get like beat yeah. up. So they it's like they they just run the whole gamut. Uh, that, I think so. I, I I'm gonna be excited to at least watch them, regardless of how yeah. far they make. Yeah, I think defensively, I mean, you when you have Lindelof in the back line, that's what you get, right? Defensively, they're really bad. Um, but 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 I, I do I have to call out Kulusevski also. I know that, that that's a player that you yep. know carried Juventus this season. 
um, also, you know, in addition to some of the other players. Um, so that connection between Kulusevski and Isak could be crucial. And I think that if they can get that, they just need to outscore the other team. But I, I that defense is, is their downfall, as you can see. Like, if you look at the, the their last few games, they've considered a lot of goals, uh, including one against Hungary, which... Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to talk about the next next um, group. But um, they consider three against Hungary, and that that shows you that that they're a team that that considers a lot of goals. So um, it it will be. It, it's I, I'm very interested to see how they will turn out. But I think Ibra would have taken this team to a different level. Um, but now they don't have that, and it, it, it's sad. Um, and Emil Emil Forsberg, another call out player on yep. this team. I was just yeah. about to call him out, Bori, as well. Um, I, I, they do have some notable pieces there. I think, like, obviously, if we were talking about where their weakness might be, uh, it would be somewhere along, you know, their defensive line, which we've already highlighted. Um, but they do have, um, I, I, I've seen, like, their goalkeeper uh, is pretty good. I remember him from, like, watching his other games, uh, his international matches, um Johan Johansson or something is his last name I think it is that he's pretty good like he's one of those players that he's not like very well known because he doesn't play outside of of like you know their their domestic league but like he's he's had a really good tournament in the past um and it actually just comes down I think again to Isak like watching this kid at Real Sociedad like this this season he's He's yeah. going to be it like a, fire. a superstar. Yeah, man, he's going to yeah. be a, a superstar. He he contributed a lot to to that team. And um, well, I, I, again, I think just like I said, I, I think if just they edge out Poland for me. So I think it's actually Poland who ends up like outside of looking in. Yeah, yeah. Isak also uh, linked to Arsenal. Just saying. Oh God, here we go, here we go. But let's now, talk about now Slovakia. I see it. Let's talk right, about Slovakia. Slovakia. Real, real quick. I mean, is anyone? Are we giving them any chance? I mean, we're we just ragged down on Poland, and we're not we're not convinced about Sweden. So, I, yeah, I, so, I, I I give well, them a chance. I'm sure. Well, I give well, I give them a chance, but they have the same. Uh, to me, they have the same. Um, it's like the same glaring issues as like Croatia, where they have a very older uh, aging squad. Oh, yeah. Big time. You look at like, I mean, Martin Dubravka, for example, the goalkeeper is like closer to 40 than he is to like 30. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I'm, 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 I'm serious. Like, if you look up his, uh, I don't know how old he is, but, you know, he's older. Uh, they have, you know, Skriniar. From Inter Milan, who's had an up and down season, um, Marek Hamzik, right? Who's um, uh, how old is he now? He's only thirty three, uh, but he's got yeah, he's got a no, lot of miles. He's got a lot of miles. <laughs> right. So, so what I'm saying is like again, like to me, it's just like a a, a Croatia, um, but like you know, uh, not at quite at that level where their main stars are obviously on the decline. And so it'll be harder for them to actually fire an all cylinders. So that's how I see it. All right. Let, let, let's talk predictions. So for me, I, I think Spain, for me, clearly Spain is going to be number one. Um, yep. Well, with the, with the asterisk of like, let's see how the COVID <clears throat> situation, which 
you know what's funny? What I heard actually, I heard that they are all getting their COVID shots um, yeah. soon, which is weird because I don't, I've not really hey, heard about like we got our shots before like. uh, Busquets. Yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, weird. I know. More important than Busquets. Yeah. Um. So, so I think they're they're prioritizing Spain to to get their their vaccine, which you know is going to be weird because it's like a two week difference and like if they get sick it takes like 24 hours like i don't even know how that's going to work but um but yeah i don't know the the actual factor on it but that's just something i've heard but i think spain will definitely be number one i i i think for me it's, it has to be um i think it's i think it's poland um it, even though like i've ragged on them i still think they, they can still do it um and then I think Slovakia is going to be last, and Sweden will be third. And and Sweden may qualify if they have the um the best of the of the six. So yeah, um, that that's my prediction. Anyone differs from me? Um, I'll defer. Sure. Uh, well, someone has to. So I'll say Sweden finishes second. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll say Sweden, Sweden surprises finishes second, and then Poland third. And then I, same thing though with Bory, I think third place having a, a pretty good chance of making it to the knockouts, anyways. And I'm gonna yeah. defer from your deferral, which oh, is yeah? gonna be Spain, obviously, you know, first, but Sweden second, Slovakia third, Poland fourth. No, come on, say Slovakia second. Poland is last. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Interesting. All right, let's move on to the to the. Final fantastic group F. Fantastic this group is, of death. This is the worst. This is yep. the worst group of all, honestly. Like no, come we're, on. We're also <laughs> we're also running out of time, so can we just can we skip this one? Oh, uh, okay. That was a nice joke. I'm pretty sure people are probably skipping everything and going to the last thing that we're saying here. Um, no, I mean absolute group of death. Um. I, I cannot even fa- I, I can't tell you who's gonna go through like this one I'm gonna be guessing I can tell you one person that's definitely going through I just can't tell you who the rest are right um and I think the third place and this is a bold prediction the third place team in this group is not gonna be part of the best four that is gonna be, that's my prediction so I think it's only two people that will qualify from this group because it's the group of death um, yeah. So, so, so that is my bold prediction. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we can check it. But we have France, we have Germany, we have Hungary, and we have Portugal. Um, do we want to start with uh, Africa United first? I'm mean, sorry, France first. Sure. I think. Sure, but, but come on, man. You might, you might get a, you might get a call from the uh, French consulate for making that joke. You, might get a, <laughs> you know, you might get I'm a, not too far from them. Correspondence. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not too far from them. Um, no, I mean, France is just a joy to watch. I mean, and I think, honestly, initially, um, before this tournament started, before I heard that Benzema was going to get called up, in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, Belgium's going to win it. Belgium's going to win it because De Bruyne and, and obviously before the injury. But then I hear that Benzema is coming to, you know, is joining the team, which, like, why did it take this long? I don't know. But, hey, they won the World Cup without him, so they're prob- they're fine. Um I think the the fact that Benzema is in the squad has elevated the win the the possibility to win this the, this tournament, which I'm so confused why the bookies have England has as the number one team to win this thing. Like I'm not sure where they're getting that information from, um, but 
how how are we feeling about this France team? And and like, is this a good thing to have too many players? I feel like sometimes it could get like confusing. Who do you pick? Who do you play? I mean, I think we can only pick like maybe five people that are guaranteed starters in this team. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts about this team. And I have a hot take about the goalkeeper, by the way. Just putting putting that out there. They're the deepest and they're the best team on paper and probably on the field. And and not only that, but they're the most balanced as far as like when you take a look at their squad, their final roster, they're pretty balanced as far as you know how many players are uh, available um, at each position. You know, defender, midfield, and forwards. As compared to like, for example, um, some of the other teams that we reviewed, like England, who only had, you know, who had like 30 defenders and <laughs> and like two forwards. So again, I agree with uh, with Justin, and to me, they're the favorites um, to win the entire thing. Which to me actually gives is a could be an argument for why they won't win it. <laughs> it's Ooh. like the, it's it's too obvious. It's too obvious that they'll win it. I think. Um, and also, I think after a world, typically you see a World Cup winning side with some exceptions. I think like uh, Spain, um, but the, uh, typically you'll see like a fall off. I, I don't know whether it's because of um, losing focus or kind of just like some stagnation in the squad. I don't know what it is, but those are the only risks I see. But uh, like I said, on paper and probably on the field, France is the best. It's basically just their World Cup squad from 2018 plus Benzema. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so real quick, I, I I do have a lot of thoughts thoughts about this France team, and I I, I don't want to take our time, but I think the weak point of this team is the goalkeeping, right? Because we know what they're going to do. They're going they're going to play the capi, the the captain, uh, Loris, right? I actually think Loris is not has not had a great season, and it's going to be their downfall, and they need to be careful about that. I'm not going to be biased towards uh, Matmanyan or Madanda. But I think they needed to play a different goalkeeper. Um, I do think Loris does bring the, the, the leadership to the team. Um, but I don't know what you all think about Like, Loris didn't have a good season, right? Like, I'm not making this up. Magnan won the, the Ligue 1, right? So, for me, I'm he, thinking Magnan has to play or Mandanda has to play. Um, you're right. Uh, Loris did not have a very good season. But then again, it spurs and look at who was in front of him at center back <laughs> who was one wait wait one er- hold on was, I have barrel, eric, I have eric dyer for goodness sake. <laughs> eric dyer okay all right i think yeah. you have a good point there i think you have a good point there yeah he's got uh, he's got uh some, a pretty solid back line in front of him and france well, hasn't conceded a goal since uh since march okay so not that long ago i, I get that I get that, but he had, you know, Loris had that injury too. I don't know if that's affected his game, but I, I would go safe and, and go with a, a, a title-winning keeper. But the other beef I have with France, um, I know they have a lot of problems because they have to pick out of all these star players. Um, and I'm not being biased here, but maybe I am. Theo Hernandez, okay, plays for Milan, ha- was the best left back in Syria last se- uh, this season that we just came up. Why is this guy not on the team? His brother is Lucas Hernandez, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's that great. But 
Because even with the even with the expanded roster, France has too much talent. <laughs> they can't bring everybody. Yeah, but I, I mean, Lucas Lucas Hernandez will probably start. I think at left back, um, which Lucas okay. Hernandez. Yes, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. Oh, I think he'll, he'll, he's definitely going to start. Yeah. Um, but I think Theo had a great season. I mean, I I don't understand. I mean, I know it's hard, but I don't understand how you don't pick Theo Hernandez. Like this guy scored. He can run. He can attack. He can defend. Like he can do everything. He has the speed. <sighs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyways, it's a beef. And the other thing I don't understand is Benjamin Pavard, okay? I know he plays for Bayern. He's such a bad defender. <laughs> like, if you see this guy defend, he's not a great defender. He's a good attacker, but not a good defender. I, I don't know. You know, maybe the goal he scored in the World Cup, that was the best goal in the World Cup. Maybe that was the, the, the key, but don't I don't understand that. Milan, Milan don't have a French center back, do they? Theo Hernandez. No. Are you are you messing with me? No, I'm not yeah, saying like yeah. anytime you think that there's a deficiency in the squad, I just like wait for you to name the Milan player that you want to replace oh. them. Oh right, right. <laughs> well, actually, Milan does have a French a French. French uh, he's on the 21, Kalulu. So, but no. Benjamin Pavard. So. Benjamin Pavard is the French Trent Alexander Arnold. Okay. Yes. That's, yes. That's literally Actually, the same. Po- same Actually, exact position. <laughs> I don't think he has the great great crosses like uh, like him, but but no, I do see what you're saying. He's such a bad like. I was watching the last game they played, the friendly they played. He was just getting toyed around. I was like, why is this guy a defender? Just play my right right. I mean, I know he can't get into right mid, but I'd rather just play him there than play him as a defender. He's yeah. not a defender for me, you know. Yeah. Yeah, this team is too is too stacked, and we could I think we could go on and on about who makes it, like why a certain player didn't make it here, and why others were chosen. Um, my hot take is after watching, and I know it's a very limited sample size with Benzema in in the lineup, but I actually don't think they play as fluid with Benzema starting. And you, I don't know. I, I in in the game that I, I watched and obviously like it's like I said it's limited sample size and he yeah. came off injured as well but I don't know if it was just because they were trying to like Mbappe him uh, you know and all the other like Griezmann would they were just trying to force something to happen you know trying to force feed him the ball so that he could you know shoot um, try to score. I don't know what it was, but I, I didn't see them as fluid. And then uh, he goes and he takes a PK and he misses it. You know, yep. like, so, like, to me, I'm thinking, like, wh- how does that affect him in his um, confidence? Because we, we know, like, strikers are all about confidence, you know. Um, yeah. And and what will that do for him and and also how serious is the injury as well you know? yeah um, because we saw what Giroud did like Giroud came on for him and like Giroud like banged in like two goals within a matter of minutes um, it could have had more but I felt like they were just more fluid I, I, I don't know that's just what I saw well the good thing that. is again like we said this is where the five substitutions is going to come into play they're going to they can roll out with whatever lineup they want if it's not working at the 55th, 60th minute, they 
good news. You have a whole cast of world-class players on the bench that you can bring on one at a time Amazing. to just like decimate the other team and wear them down. So I, they, they're, they're the French team, but they're a Swiss Army knife in the number of tools they have at their disposal. Good point. Uh, I just want to call out Ben Yedder and Marcus Thuram. Congratulations to them for making it. I mean, in such a very brilliant squad, they were able to make it. Um, ben Yedder had a great season, though. You know, Monaco uh, ended up third in the, in the league on. Um, but Marcus Thuram didn't. I mean, Gladbach didn't really do well this season. But let's let's talk about Germany. Um, this is the other team in the group. Um, I'm not very thrilled about this team. I think the defense is this absolute you know, crap show. Um, I think Rudiger is the only really number one on form defender. Uh, we could talk about Robin Gosens, but again, depending on how Germany is going to set up, I think he's best at as a, um, a right wing back um, or is it left wing back? I, I can't remember. Left wing. Um, left. Le- left wing back. Um, yep. But, but part, so, so I think for me, defense is, is a weak point. Um, and then you look forwards in, in the for, in, in the, the other weak point is the forwards. I mean, no offense, I'm sorry, Manny, Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. I don't I don't see goals from them in this tournament, personally. Whoa, 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 whoa. Thomas, I I, I do not see it. Only, I'm sorry. I only agree I do with not one see of those. It. Okay, I don't see the goals coming from Timo Werner, but Kai Havertz is hitting form and he has been uh, getting in form for for a few weeks now. Um, so Timo Werner. Maybe. I completely agree with you, Kai Havertz. Just watching their um, the game against um, who was it the other the other day that they played um, that they scored like it was like seven one, I think. Latvia. Uh, Latvia. You're, yeah. You're super convinced by their seven one defeat of <laughs> Latvia. Well, I mean, what that's the same as like when when the. The example that Bori used earlier today, or or I think you did, where North Macedonia beat them 1-0 a few months ago. You know, like, or we would take more from that than that loss and this win. You know, hey, I just saw like a like a team that was that was playing well, moving the ball around, and everybody looked like they were comfortable in the positions they were playing in. No Timo Werner in sight. Um, Thomas Mueller was there, um, scored. Um, and, and I just, again, uh, this team, uh, the, the, uh, the back line is where the question marks are. I mean, they have Emery Chan as a defender, set up as a defender, lined up as a defender. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's there for his ability, like his passing, right. And his ability to not necessarily for, that's when they play three at the back. He's 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 only in the lineup when they play three at the back. Right. 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 But but I'm saying like if I look at this team, um, say what you will about the 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 attackers like the forwards with Timo, Kai and and, and Mueller, um, the weakness is again back there in defending. But the good news is they have Manuel Neuer right behind, who's as solid as they come. So I think like this might be his swan song as well. We we know he's getting up there in a, in age as well. Not just him. I think yeah. for a few players on this squad. So so here, um, Bori, I don't know if you had more to say, but I, I have a take on this team for this tournament, which is, as we know, like this is Yugi Love's last tournament, last matches as the coach. He already has one foot out the door. Um, his successor, and I, I think at one time his assistant coach for the national team, Hansi Flick. 
How's it look? Yeah. Yeah, he's coming in after the tournament. So, like, it's kind of a weird state that this team is in. They've obviously had some pretty poor def- the performances ever since the World Cup. I mean, during the World Cup and then afterwards. They're in a state of flux. I kind of think that Jurgi Love and the German, like, federation is kind of approaching this as a transition tournament like i don't even know if they're approaching it with like realistic ambitions of winning it like they are going to experiment with mixing the young players with the more experienced ones you can get your cruise in the lineup but then you're also going to get a havertz um you're going to get like gnabry maybe paired up coming off the wing and then put Mueller in the middle and have them interplay like try and get the, the goals to come from your wings as opposed to through, through the center i think they're going to just be trying to get the next generation of players ready for when Hansi Flick, who's an exciting dynamic coach to come in and then take them, take the next generation and like, let this be the swan song for those older players as well. That's my, yeah. my read of how Germany is approaching this tournament. Yeah. We, we should probably move along, but I, I do want to give a quick shout out to Musiala, a uh, young player. Um, and um, he, he's, he, I think he's been scoring for Germany too, which is crazy. Um, so good for him. I uh, just want to call out uh, uh, Portugal. Let's move on to Portugal. Um, I think for me, this this team on paper probably, well, maybe France is probably up to par also. Um, but I think this team on paper looks very good. Um, their first team, maybe not the subs, the first team looks very good. Um, but does anyone expect anything from Portugal this, this tournament? Yeah, I mean, They'll they'll get out of the of the group stage, but I whoa, don't whoa, think that whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, like you you're already saying that they'll get out. Are, are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I think they yeah. I am pretty sure they'll they'll get out, but I don't see them going very far. Um watching them play earlier today, I, I still think like they're trying to learn. They have so many new pieces and they're still trying to learn how to how to play together. Um, I feel like this team has a lot of different egos on on the squad, uh, just based on like how the you know the 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 high profile players that are on this team. Um, and when you compare that, for example, like to a squad like uh, France, for example, where there's like big egos there, but they play together, they have that chemistry, and then. You see a lot of new names coming into this Portugal squad, like Sergio Oliveira, for example, who had a massive season with Porto. Um, you know, all of the Wolves players, literally every Wolves player, Portuguese Wolves player is on this team. Um, you know, just trying to uh, create the chemistry. I think it takes some time to do that. And watching them today um, against Israel, I, I don't, I didn't see that. Like we know Ronaldo's like the face of this, but. I think they will be approaching what Germany, the way that Justin described Germany and taking this as a, a transition phase. I think they're starting to see that, and everyone sees it except for maybe Ronaldo, who would yeah. be the last person to <laughs> admit that you know he he needs to uh, you know slowly let the reins go. Yeah, that's gonna be that's exactly what I was, was gonna break it and say is like yeah. Try telling Ronaldo that this is like a, a transition period, and we're gonna give the the new blood, the young guys, uh, a roll out there. No, he's he's here to win. So 
I also I know we're not we're we're skipping ahead like Bori said to predictions, but I think yeah Portugal also makes it out of the group. I think they have a actually really a, some interesting depth, interesting players they can bring in uh, in the offensive half of the field, especially if uh, is, if Jota is healthy enough to play, which I think he is, right? So that adds a really interesting dynamic in the attack off the bench. So I think uh, yeah I think Portugal's a dangerous team, not just in the group stage but perhaps beyond they could they could claim a scalp or two as well once they get out into the knockouts so i think we're all in agreement that france is number one and i think the second one is where we differ and i think we all i mean at least i'm in agreement with myself that the third place is not going to make it because i think the top two teams will win each of their two games for sure and then the, the game they play against each other probably france will win it now the reason why I'm saying this is because I think there's going to be a surprise in this group. And I think that surprise and disappointment is Portugal. And here's exactly why. Towards the end of the season, Portugal, uh, Ronaldo uh, was playing in a kind of weird position for Juve. Uh, where, you know, remember the last game he was benched. And, and that game was, they needed to win that game. I'm not saying that Ronaldo is not a good player. I want to see how he gels with this team. But... The thing about Ronaldo is they always want to give him the ball. So if they can get out of that mindset that we need to give Ronaldo the ball, then they will be fine. So I think this team does not do well if they're if they're in that mindset that, hey, let's get Ronaldo the ball so that he can shoot it and score. If they're not in that mindset, then I think they will, they will get out of that group stage. If they're in that mindset, I think they end up third and they will probably just win one of their games, which would be against Hungary. Mm. so that that is my hot take but i wouldn't i wouldn't rule it out like i mean we said at the top of either this episode or the last one there's it's been a long season it's been a weird season lots of lots of mixture of illness injury fatigue there's going to be some surprising results so i think all of our predictions are very likely to be uh, absurdly wrong. So <laughs> I think what you said, Bori, is just as likely as what I said, which is Portugal could um, could go kind of deep in the tournament. Yep. And uh, uh, shout out to to Hungary because uh, I don't know anything on this team. Um, Shoboslai, who's the other player that that I would have known, um, I think he's injured. I'm not sure actually why he's not on the yeah, squad. He's uh, out. But he's I think we're yeah, I think we're in all we're all in agreement that. They're going to be dead last. Unfortunately, I think I don't. I mean, they could they could pull up a a, um, a a tie with one of them, one of these teams if they like just go all like you know a formation of eight one one or something. Um, but I I don't see them getting any any uh, points in this. But hey, they could do a one one or zero zero. Um, if you know, or maybe there's a, going to be a, a VAR controversy or a red card because remember there's VAR in this team, so anything could happen. But um, I think zero points for them, to be honest. So all right, well, France, and then I think my second for me will be Germany, and I think for for you all will be France and Portugal. Is that correct? That's right. No, no, no. For me, it's France, Germany, and Portugal. France, Germany. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm in. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say hungry there for a second. I, I was going to be like, ooh. All right. Well, I think that's all we have. Um, I, I mean, I, this is such a long episode, but it's so... This is... 
it, this is so so much fun to talk about. So uh, I'm just gonna end it here. Uh, thank you to all our listeners for listening. I hope you can listen to our part one if you have not. But also you can find us on Spotify, on Apple, and on Google Podcast. Um, but we hope to see you all next week when we talk about the first round of, of games. Um, and uh, we'll see you till then. Bye bye.